I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockhart, and I'm super excited to have you here joining me today. You can find me on Instagram at Moonstone underscore witchery. You can find me on my website, moonstonewitchery.com, where you can book a reading or some life coaching or anything your heart desires. We also have lots of cool products over there. And you can find me on Facebook and my little cute um, group on Facebook. It's also called Moonstone Witchery. Um, but because I have apparently made it, there are copycat groups. Um, and so yours, the one you want to click on is the one with the yellow background and the pretty witch. So join me there and enough of that. So today I want to talk about this idea that, um, I think it's pretty helpful and it keeps coming up in coaching with my regular clients. So I figured why not share it and why not talk about it? And the idea is, um, the concept of like, if you want something, it is meant for you, okay? So bear with me while I expand upon this. I offer this service called Psychic School, and I named it that because I thought it was cute because you really can't teach somebody to be a psychic, right? But you can put someone with intuitive giftedness through a program designed to enhance their intuitive giftedness and and allows them to learn how to work with it rather than having them feel like their gift is kind of happening to them, which a lot of times is what happens with intuitives. It's like when we have something like this and we are sensitive to energy or sensitive to spirits or just sensitive in general, and there's people in our upbringing who just don't understand it, we're not really um, encouraged to develop it or work with it or to understand it. And so this like veil of fear kind of descends upon us around our giftedness and nothing's going to stall progress on working on something like a veil of fear. And so a lot of intuitives that come to me, they they show up at my doorstep, my metaphorical doorstep, because this is still the times of COVID and all of my coaching is done over the phone, but they show up to me and they're like, I want to develop this more and I want to work with it more, but I'm scared. Um, and sometimes their fears are external to them. Like they're scared of what their family will think. They're scared of what their friends will think. They're scared of pushing away their spouse or their partner or something like that. But other times it's external to them in another way where they're scared that they're going to be condemned to the fiery depths of hell <laughs> or they're scared that that they're going against what is like good and right in the world or whatever their moral compass has been. Um, and then there's fear within themselves of 
just having like random experiences happen to them from out of the blue, like randomly having like a ghost apparition or a paranormal things or knowing too much about a person that, that they don't want to know. These fears are really real and they feel as if they are not in the driver's seat of their gift. And so what I do with clients like this is I help to remind them that you are not just like listening to a radio broadcasting the channel of the universe, right? Like we're not just like sitting here absorbing the whatever information wants to attach to us. What we're doing is we are in an actual dialogue. Um, we have a walkie talkie with the universe. They, what the universe puts out to us, we can, we can also put out our own requests and we can also put out our own parameters and our own rules and our own thoughts and all of that. And so part of what working with me does is it helps empower my clients to take charge of this energy and to not allow it to take charge of them. Now, why am I talking about this when I'm saying that the topic of conversation is if you want something and it's meant for you? Well, because there's a lot of people that want to develop their intuitive gifts or they have dreams of any kind. See, this rule does not just apply to spirituality. Um, it applies to anything that you want or dream of in your life, okay? But these are concepts, not specific people. I'm really not trying to encourage like violating someone's boundaries or anything like that. So if you want a relationship with someone and they've been clear with you that they don't want a relationship with you. This rule does not apply to that, okay? This rule is for concepts and, and positions and situations and manifestations um, external to you in the things that you want in your life. <clears throat> okay, so my guides taught me this a long time ago and it makes so much sense. And here's how it works, right? Let's assume for a second that like the Big Bang or some Big Bang-like experience explains how current reality came to be. And we could talk all about how like that is or is not possible and, and all the other things. But the point still remains. All of the stuff that was once consolidated got spread out across literally the entire known universe, right? And the universe is sorting to, is seeking to um, organize herself. What she really wants is to just get everything put nicely back together. And, um, you know, if you know anything about what's happening with metaphysics and space and stuff like that, they, they do predict that eventually the universe will begin to start to collapse back in on itself. Now, my theory about that, based on what my guides have told me, is that once things start to get organized, it can go ahead and start getting put back in the box, right? The universe is seeking to organize herself, and in so doing, she is trying to send us signals about what goes with what. And what do I mean by this? Like, because this is kind of complicated and like, is she trying to put like similar planets together? What is she trying to do? It's energy. It's the energy that represents everything. And so, well, not the energy that represents everything, but the energy that actually is manifested into everything, right? Because everything is made up of different kinds of energies. And you yourself contain multitudes, as the, as the famous quote goes. But if you contain multitudes, that means that you contain multitudes of different energies, this applies in so much as if there is something that you've always wanted to do or to be or to experience or to claim as, as your own, or if there's something you really admire in other people, the odds are that you admire it or you daydream about it or you wish you could dot, dot, dot because of the fact that it is something that is a part of you. 
See, we literally really can't want something or appreciate it unless there's something within us that is activated by it. And the thing within us that is activated by that is the very thing itself, kind of sending a beacon to itself, being like, oh, I belong with that. That's part of me. See, I really believe that most of our purpose in in this life here is to find out who we really truly are. Like, who is the individual called you? Who is the creature by your name that has incarnated on this planet as you? What are all of her secrets inside? What does she want? What if she could do or be anything, literally anything, not just like, not just like some after school special, if you could do anything kind of question, but what, what if it actually was like available to you? What would you want to do or be or have if you had limitless energy and opportunity and willingness and whatever it took? Because those things that we see and that we want and that we think about and that we dream about, those things exist within us. And it is our little tiny, the particles of that energy that lives within us, sending a little honing beacon out to those things. And when it sends out that honing beacon, right, it's like, here I am, here I am, here I am. And whenever you see those things manifested in the external world, your little beacon gets activated. But we've become so good at ignoring those little blinking lights within our hearts that we might not even recognize it, or it might manifest to us as just enjoyment of something, or it might manifest in us as jealousy or envy or even annoyance because those energies come up because whatever's within us that's responding to that external force has been shut down for so long that it does get envious. It wishes that it could be manifested. It wishes it could be self-expressive. It wishes it could exist. So let's put this into a tangible format, right? Um, the example I always give is is this. Like, let's say that you had little like particles inside of you called like musician and you hadn't really ever allowed them to actualize in some capacity, but you've always been drawn to music or you've always been drawn to certain instruments. And you've always said, oh, I wish I could learn how to play an instrument or I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. The reason that you want that is because you have those pieces inside of you that are asking you to follow them down the trail to see where they lead you. And so it's really easy for us to want something and to say, there's so many reasons why I can't have it. And a lot of times those reasons are valid because for thousands of reasons, but mostly like because we live in like a capitalistic, patriarchal, racist society, right? Like not everything is available to everybody and that's a very real truth. But there's other reasons that we give ourselves as to why we can't do something. We don't have time. We don't have energy. Um, it would be better for our children to learn how to play an instrument than us. Like what are we going to do? We waited too long. Like it's we're too old. It's not worth it, whatever. But my real point is that like, If that thing is blinking inside of you and if your goal in life is to find out who you truly are and to allow as many of those things to express themselves as possible, then we are almost obligated to follow those paths. But we always want some reassurance before we follow a new path, right? Like we always want to know it's going to be worth it or it's going to be okay. And that is why I have arrived upon the topic of this conversation today because the fact that you want something is really the only reassurance that you need. 
right? The fact that you want it means that it lives with inside of you. That means it means that it's there already. You know, I have never once longed to be excellent at calculus. And that is because I don't have any calculus particles living inside of my body. Like, right? Like, simple as that. Like, I have never once, like, wanted to, I don't know, learn how to do people's taxes. And that's not a knock on people who are good at calculus or who are good at taxes. Like, thank effing God y'all exist. I am so envious of you, but not in that particle way. I'm just like, wow, I have no idea what that's like. And thank God they exist. And thank God they're willing to do that because I would be lost without those people. But there's no part of me that feels like it would be activated at all by me engaging with more math in my life, right? Like there's just no part of me that gets lit up. Now, when I was growing up, my sister was allowed to take piano lessons and she hated them and quit them. And so my mother decided that because my sister didn't do it, I wasn't going to do it either. So she would never let me take piano lessons. But all I want, even to this day, is to learn how to play piano, right? Like, So I should take my own advice. The only reason I want that so much is because there are piano playing particles living inside of me. And so if I'm saying I can't do something unless I know it's worth it, the very fact that I'm interested in it should truly be the only thing I need to know that makes it worth it. And that sounds like some like self-care woo-woo kind of, I don't know, Oprah's book club talk. And it is, I guess, to a degree, but the foundation of it is much deeper than just, you should do things just solely because you like them. I mean, that's true. And I agree with that. And I really would love to break our like preconditioning around feeling the need to do things just because we financially benefit from them. But aside from that, if my soul is talking to me about the piano, then it probably means I should figure out why it's talking to me about that. It probably means that when I play piano, I unlock something within myself that otherwise would remain dormant. And when I play piano, I get to get in touch with a whole certain realm of living this life that I belong to. And as I restrict myself from doing it, I don't step in and take my place in that belonging and the entire whole of it starts to be diminished because a whole is only as complete as all of its parts, right? And if there are people who belong in there, but they don't allow themselves access to it, then the whole is never complete. And thus the universe continues her desperate search to combine like particles. And my point here is, is that like, if we're really truly here to get to know ourselves as most as possible, because the greater that we know ourselves, the higher the depth of our richness and our livelihood and our experience and our kindness and our generosity, because truly, the more in alignment we are, the more abundant we are. And the more abundant we are, the more loving and generous we are, because love and generosity are the energy of abundance. And so, we are directly contributing to the betterment of everything by listening to the nudges of our soul. And I'm telling you, I'm attempting to anyway, give you guys a guidebook as to how to do that. How do I listen to the nudgings of my soul? How do I know what my inner voice is trying to tell me? And there's many different ways to do that. One of them is following your intuition implicitly, no matter what, all the time. And I really don't like to speak in extremes and I don't like to be very binary about anything, but I do want to say, I am intentionally saying all 
the time when it comes to your intuition, full well knowing that none of us are perfect. I mean, I'm a practicing intuitive. I am on the phone for like eight hours every day doing readings and coaching, and I still don't listen to my intuition 100% of the time because sometimes my intuition is telling me to do some stuff that is scary as shit, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. We are all human, but if we strive for all the time, we're going to hit close to all the time every single chance we get. And so I want you to anchor into your intuition, but I also want you to anchor into your joy. I want you to know what are these things that secretly would make me feel more like me or that secretly I wish I could be a part of that club because there's no club out there that you want to be a part of that you don't belong to. And I'm not talking about like boys clubs and capitalism and elitism and all that bullshit because obviously none of that's real anyway. And if we want to be in one of those clubs, we really have to just kind of course correct ourselves to understand like we're being manipulated. There's a difference between wanting to be in something from a vanity purpose or from an ego purpose rather than a secret deep wanting to have something, right? And this can get as finite as... um just what we admire in other people. Like if you want to be the certain kind of person who dresses a certain way or who listens to certain kind of music or who has certain hobbies and you're like, those are those kinds of people, but I'm not those people. Well, why are you not? If you're drawn to it, there's a purpose for that. If you're drawn to it, please don't allow your fear of being outcast and not belonging to prohibit you from stepping into that room because you already belong there and the fact that you want to be there is what means you belong there. Now, I just want to take a moment and really kind of discuss the difference between wanting something because our really problematic capitalistic culture tells us we want something and an authentic wanting of something, okay? So we've been programmed for a long time to be told what we want, right? The culture has told us you want to be married in a heterosexual relationship. You want to have 2.5 children. You want a single family home. You want to um, have a certain job, or if you're a woman, you don't. (laughs) You want to look a certain way, be a certain size, be a certain weight, have a certain hair color, have a certain skin color, have a certain way about you. You want to be funny, but not too funny. You want to be opinionated, but not obnoxiously so. You want to be accomplished, but not too accomplished. You want to blah, 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 blah. You want this expensive purse. You want these expensive sunglasses. You want this fancy car. You want your kids to go to this school. You want your kids to do these activities, etc. Okay? Those are all the programmed wants. Those are all the things we think we're striving for. And a lot of time when we're envious of other people, it's because we've bought into the story that we've been sold and we're now kind of comparing ourselves to other people who have bought into the story we've been sold and who are doing it, quote, better than us. Now, I'm not judging anybody for buying into the story we've been sold. As many of you know, I was in a heterosexual marriage for over a decade. (laughs) So I'm not over here saying I'm better than this. It is because I was submerged in this that I can see it so clearly. And if you find yourself submerged in it, don't be mean to yourself. It's not our fault that we've been conditioned to a certain pattern of thinking. But you are allowed to re-examine that at any time. And so the wanting that we're told to have 
is very different than the wanting that we actually might have. And often we suppress and submerge and suffocate the wanting that we actually have specifically because it doesn't align with the wanting we were told to have. And we were told to want certain things just on a big scale by the culture, and then on the little scale, by the culture of the family that we were brought up in, right? Like my dad would always be like, and this is such a weird one, right? Like when I was in high school, I did cross country and I was like wanting to run track and I would go out for my runs and he would be like, I don't know why you're exercising. We're not exercise people. Like, what does that mean? Who what? Like, who is not an exercise person? Like many of us, right? Like, I've gone through phases where I've not been an exercise person as well. But what I'm saying is like, how are you going to generalize like, an like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But like that sentence lodged into my head. And I was weirded out by it at the time. But I also was like, he's judging me as other than because I'm doing something like it was weird. But the point is, our own family of origin has these weird little cultural things that they instill upon us as well. And often a lot of them are religious and often a lot of them are what our parents think is practical and helpful advice, but actually might end up limiting us. And they can limit us by accident. It doesn't mean they're bad people. But one example of this was that I wanted to be a writer more than anything else when I was growing up and I was told I must make a backup plan because I'm never going to have any money as a writer. And many of us have heard this story before with our own, it's in our own families with artistic endeavors, right? And so, you know, there's lots of stories we get told about the way that things are and what we're supposed to want and what we're supposed to adjust ourselves to and how we're supposed to modify ourselves. But our job as adults is to say, well, who am I actually, though? Like, thank you, parents, I guess, if, if that's appropriate or not. In my case, I can't tell if it's appropriate or not to thank them. Um, coming from a very rich, um, deeply verbally and emotionally abusive upbringing. But we can go, you know, thanks for getting me up to adulthood alive, right? And then we can go. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to reevaluate now and decide what lessons I want to have stuck to me and what lessons I want to go ahead and shuck off and throw away because they don't belong to me. And that's partially what our journey here is about. It's about finding out who we truly are. And sometimes those answers are huge. Like for me, turns out you're gay. Definitely knew that, but definitely tried to do something else other than that, right? Or turns out you're a witch, turns out you're a psychic intuitive. Like the amount of times I've come out about big weird things is pretty interesting unto itself. But so sometimes our inner knowing is big stuff like that. And sometimes it's small things like I just really love collecting crystals or I just really love writing like daily haikus or I just really want to collect and examine butterflies or I just am really interested in traveling wherever I can or I just really like to organize things and whatever, I'm going to have a business around it. Sometimes our inner knowing takes us somewhere very unexpected and the very fact that it's unexpected can be scary enough that we shove it away in a box forever. But those boxes just pile up and pile up and slowly they just turn into sadness 
because every single thing in each of those boxes is meant to bring us closer to who we are. And your soul is made of just joy. And so the closer you get to who you really are, the closer you get to living a life that's actually just made out of joy. Can you imagine that? Because that is actually possible for you. And interestingly enough, we don't need a lot of money to have that life because no one's joy comes from just money. Now, let me pause right there and say, it's very nice and privileged for me to say, we don't need a lot of money to have joy because in our capitalistic patriarchal society, are we seeing a theme here yet? In that society, yeah, we fucking, excuse my language, yes, we effing need money to have joy because we need money to barely exist. We need money to do everything. So yes, we do need money to have joy. But what I'm talking about is holding a dollar doesn't necessarily make you who you are. And actually what happens is when we listen to our little soul whispers and when we get into alignment with who we are, that money kind of shows up because we start to do things that we are proficient at. We start to do things that we are amazing at. We start to bring our giftedness to the world. And that is truly what it's all about. All these little whispers in your heart, little tiny little things that you want to be and do are all your gifts. And all your gifts are sitting there in there in your heart, whispering to you, telling you, just follow me, follow me and find out what I bring to you. And then the really beautiful thing is once you follow those whispers and you find out what they bring to you, you get to give all of that away to others. But as you give it all away, it regenerates within you because that is the essence of abundance. And we are abundant. That is who we are. We are abundant when we are doing the things that we love and because we love those things, they don't drain us, they refuel us and they empower us and they propel us forward and they regenerate, they self-generate and then more comes and more is created and there's more for us to give and it doesn't feel exhausting and tedious and harmful and diminishing because it's not, because we are living in alignment with ourselves. That is why abundance is the energy of everything. And that is why generosity is abundance in motion. Generosity seems to be not an abundant quality, but that's when you're looking at it through a scarcity mindset. How can you give away something you shouldn't be giving away if there's not enough already to have? When we give away, we always create more whether it's in the same form or whether it's in another form. When we give our giftedness, we are always generating more giftedness. When we give anything to anyone, we create more space for us to generate more. The universe recognizes it. Other people recognize it. Our souls recognize it. Generosity is abundance in motion. But don't go ahead and you must with every lesson, you must live in the gray zone because of course you can be generous to the point that you have given away all of the things you have. But when you examine yourself and you are generous to a fault or to depletion, you are not coming from a place of giftedness. You are coming from a place of ego 
or of woundedness of some kind, okay? So there's always the gray zone. I always want us in that space in between the two extremes. If you are longing to be a spiritual person or a witch or enlightened or a psychic or whatever it might be, an artist, a singer, a songwriter, a poet, an accountant, or a math teacher, or somebody who's good at exercise, or somebody who enjoys, I don't know, baking, or somebody who can learn all about the way that space and time works. If you are interested in any of those things, I want to take a second to reassure you that following your heart in that direction will never lead you wrong, because you are already guaranteed to have a seat at that table, to have belonging in that arena, you are already guaranteed access to that room. The greatest hurdle is for you to reach out and open that door for yourself and step across the threshold. You belong there. It's just a matter of you looking at what are the barriers that I have said to myself stand between me and stepping into that room. They're invisible, but they're still there. There are things you've been taught. There's preconditioned ideas. There's things people have said to you. There's your own self-doubt. These are very real things that you must work through. And this is what shadow work is, by the way. Shadow work is simply saying, in what ways am I limiting myself from having the things that I want? That's it. So if you can say, all right, I've always wanted to play piano. What is preventing me from doing it? Look at those lists and decide, do I want to continue to allow this to prevent me or do I want to take the time to do the work to break that barrier down for myself? And there are always ways to do all of that. All problems are solvable, my friends. All problems are solvable. It's often just a matter of communication and willingness and then resourcing for the tools you need to figure out how to solve those problems. That's really it. If you're ever feeling overwhelmed, overwhelmed is a huge sign that you have a problem that you simply don't know how to solve. It doesn't mean that everything needs to get burned to the ground. It doesn't mean you're doing everything wrong. It doesn't mean you need a complete life overhaul. It often means I must seek out someone with the resources to solve these problems or to tell me how to figure out how to solve these problems. That's what a life coach is for. That's what a therapist can help you with. Go to your professionals and say, I'm overwhelmed. That means that I have problems I don't know how to solve. Please help me figure out how do I break these big problems down into small achievable tasks. And that is shadow work. That's it. So if you can figure out what are the secret longings of my heart and soul, how do I talk myself out of having them, and when and what and how can I begin to dismantle those reasons within myself so I can get access to the rooms I belong in? If you can do those things, you are going to find that your life opens up and expands in the most beautiful, fantastic, and amazing way possible. I wish I could just like sprinkle that energy all over you so you could feel how worth it it is. But please hear me when I say, if you want to be in that room, it's because you belong there. So it's very much worth having the conversation with yourself to figure out, how do I heal enough? How do I heal enough to step across that threshold and go into that room? 
I hope that this was a helpful episode for you. I am working on being more present on my podcast. I've got a lot of nudges and messages from everybody, and I'm sorry I've been absent. Um, I am working in my own personal life right now on finding a balance between work and life. And I currently am not really doing the best job. I'm working far more than I am living. And it means that I don't have time for wonderful things like recording this podcast as much as I would like to. But don't worry. I have seen and identified the problem, which is the first step. And I am now walking through my own little imagined scenarios with myself that are preventing me from creating a solution to that problem. So that said, you will be hearing from me more. And I'm so grateful for your listenership. I love hearing from all of you. Um, If you have any questions for me, any feedback or comments, you can always find me on Instagram at moonstone underscore witchery or on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. Join us in the Facebook group, also Moonstone Witchery. And if you're interested in any readings or coaching or anything like that, you can message me through the website as well or find me. I'm um, headwitch at uh, moonstonewitchery.com for, and my email address. All right. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon.